Hello, Mavs fans. It's Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow coming to you on Thursday night, May the 6th, following the Dallas Mavericks holding on against the Brooklyn Nets at home, 113 to 109. Josh, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I stayed mostly away from the internet as I had a baby in one hand while watching the game. And I don't know what everyone else thinks about this game, but I posted in our Slack when I got the chance toward the end of the buzzer. But the Mavericks should be one of the best teams in the NBA. And to be honest, I don't even know if they played that well. It didn't even really feel like it. Uh, so that's an it's interesting game, uh, but a really you know a really good and impressive one. It's I I personally was just pins and needles the whole game. I've been like kind of. <laughs> just had kind of a frustrating day and it was just very challenging to watch because you could see that the nets could not stop the Mavericks on offense uh, for, for huge chunks of the game. And yet the Mavericks at times just shot themselves in the foot repeatedly. So that they, that they walked away with a, a, a win where they kind of had it wrapped up with about three minutes to go feels yeah. pretty solid because the Mavericks had a ton of miscues in this game. It was lots of mistakes, lots of kind of, you know, Luca had a lot of turn. He had six turnovers. The team missed eight free throws. Luca missed five all by himself. Um, it was just enough to kind of make me really just, it was not an enjoyable game for me to watch. I, I'll say that much um, as evidenced by my, my timeline, but <laughs> at the same time that they won is really outstanding. Yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, we can't. We've seen how this team. I mean, it's kind of this team's mo. Uh, I mean, national TV, uh, really good opponent, and you could tell that they they were up for it a little bit more than maybe like the game against the Kings or or, or some of these games. You know, those Detroit games where they looked a little bleh. But um, defensively, I think they did about they did an okay job. Kyrie Irving obviously kind of got whatever he wanted. Obviously, uh, I think they did about a good as good a job on Durant as you as you can. I think obviously this this version of Durant is not really as much of a terror at the rim as he as he used to be. You know, I think he takes more jumpers than he has uh, in the past, and he missed a lot of shots that he normally makes. But for the most part, the Mavericks were right there uh, every time he shot the ball. Uh, so right. I don't really have anything to complain about there. Like, I mean, honestly, that I wouldn't. That was one of Dorian Finney-Smith's best defensive performances because he was on Durant for most of the night. And yeah, Durant Durant missed some shots he'd probably like to have back. But for the most part, Dorian was there. Uh, He challenged every single shot. Um, So that was nice. And I mean, really, you know, if you just say, hey, Luca shot 7 of 22 from the floor. He missed five free throws. He had eight assists and six turnovers against a team like the Nets. You'd be like, oh, the Mavericks lost by 15. And they (laughs) You know, this was finally a game, you know, I do kind of a running bit uh, after some Mavericks games about like on Twitter about like, what did the Mavericks non-Luka starters do this time? And it's usually, you know, Luka with 30 points and then everyone else with like five. Uh, And this is one where the other guys bailed him out. Uh, Finney Smith at 17, Hardaway at 23. um, And then the bench got just enough with Pal and Brunson, uh, 12 and 15 respectively. I mean, even Richardson... I mean, Richardson was on fire compared, compared to where he's what he did what he's done for the last month, uh, and had ten points, even though he still had a had a a bad game in a vacuum. So, uh, 
it was a really good game from everyone else. It seemed like the shot making from from non Luca players uh, was very crucial, very timely, uh, and much needed. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, they're just kind of they play six games in the next nine days. Um, I think was what the was what the bit was, and and some of these are just gonna feel like a slog. Um, yeah, this was one game, and obviously, like Durant is seven foot tall. The <laughs> very little bothers Luca. Height bothers Luca still. Length bothers Luca. Uh, the guy from the Kings uh, who guarded him pretty well. I can't remember which one it was, but he had like a seven two wingspan. Um, there's just the you know, and and that's going to be the next level of of figuring it out for Luca in terms of scoring over bigger players. But one thing I really liked was in the third and then parts of the fourth quarter, he realized he didn't have it and started dishing some unbelievable dimes. There was one where he got all the way to the rim and threw a pass that somehow didn't uh, touch the ground out to Dorian at the top of the key. Uh, It was top of the key, but it was like, uh, you know, free throw line extended. It was crazy pass. And I still know how he does some of this stuff. So every game it's like fun watching, you know, it's watching him. It was fun watching him realize that he just didn't have it to, to a degree. And, you know, the, the the offense in the last three minutes was pretty much butt. But, you know, it, it's just a game that feels like surviving. You know, we're not talking about the missed free throws. We're not talking about all the mistakes because sometimes you just have to make it through a game like this. And that the team show, sort of showed uh, the, the fortitude to get through it. The fact that Carlisle relented and played Josh Green again, you know, it just feels like baby steps in the right direction. You know? Did he relent? He played eight minutes, <laughs> but it it was not until well into the game. Like the, yeah. the, he played like thirty seconds in the first half, and he played the other minutes in the second half. Yeah, and he was you know he's responsible for some frenetic or what frenetic energy plays. Uh, two just, steals in eight in eight minutes. Mm-hmm. Like the trap, they trapped one net in the corner, uh, and it was the kind of reactive play that the Mavericks have not been making on defense all year because their, their scheme is passive. And, and I just, I don't know. I, I, it's, I don't want to complain about their scheme too much on a game where they won, but it was, there's just enough to what, like, like you could see wrinkles of, of playoff stuff in a game like this, like the play that uh, uh, Burke, not Burke uh, Brunson scored on the right-handed layup uh, to, to kind of put the game away um, was a beautiful play. And the Mavericks don't run plays; they run they run schematic sets, and so it's really it's just a, it's just one of these games where as as tough as it was to watch Luca shoot as bad as he did, they they managed enough and they powered through mistakes. I mean, they rebounded the crap out of the ball. Uh, they you know it's there's just I, I don't know I, I not a ton of like deep analysis in this one because I feel like the Mavericks are really at survival mode, um, and and enough guys played well. You know, the, the first quarter streak is alive. We can't believe we didn't bring that up. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, 23 and 0, I think, right? It's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's just really, really pleasing. I, I'm, yeah. I was very, I was very just jittery during the game, but man, I just, now that it's kind of over, I'm like, yes, this was nice. Yeah. Was I mean, a it nice felt, win. the whole game felt like you're just waiting for Durant and Irving to go on like a 15 to three run mm-hmm. and put the game away. Like it just, like, it just felt like that was on the verge of it. And Irving did his part. I mean, can like, I read his stat line? This is yeah. 45 points on 17 of 31 from the floor, seven of 13 from three. Five rebounds, four assists, four steals, and two blocks, <laughs> and one turnover. He and was the turnover, very 
the turnover was that bizarre game ceiling uh uh it was like the the finger roll that he missed that oh, went yeah. out of bounds they called it, it a turnover just, yeah they had to have because oh. i don't think it was a i don't know maybe it's a missed shot i might look at the play-by-play and figure out what yeah, it was be, that would was, be hilarious if that was his one turnover. it was just it was just a you know one of these games that that i couldn't you know, I couldn't fully enjoy because it was so stressful, very much like May basketball for the Mavericks back in 2011, where I, uh, you know, mainly enjoy it down the after the fact. But it was um, I'm just I'm, I'm really pleased with where the Mavericks are this year. They're 10 games above 500. At one point, they were five games below 500. Like this is just an incredible overall turnaround if we're looking at the big picture. Yeah, definitely. Um, they just keep finding way to to win games. They keep they keep finding way to beat teams that have better records than them, uh, which is just it's just a really bizarre. It's a bizarre season all the way around. Condensed schedule, the, the COVID protocols, the the, the bad start, the, the the way they're finishing the season, the way they're doing it by like, yeah, they are they are you know do taking care of business for the most part against the week second half schedule we said but they've mostly done it by beating good teams and you know they've lost to the kings three times and and they've and they've lost to the to the rockets i think a couple times if I, or at least once but uh so it's been a just a really bizarre season that makes it hard for me to get a read on them like a really good read on them cuz they kind of they kind of flip flop from game to game even in the games they win they win it in just such weird you know weirdly different ways or they just have like these really bad quarters that make you contemplate like what's going on. And then they just kind of turn it around uh, from quarter to quarter. It's, it's pretty crazy. Um, I think you talked about that Brunson play that sealed the game. I want to get back to it because it was such a nice play. And mm-hmm. I remember Dorian set the screen on the ball for Luca and Powell was on the floor. And I think he was Dorian set the screen kind of near the left elbow and Powell was kind of hanging out at the right elbow. And I was like, wait, why are you? Why is Dorian like in my head? I was doing like running play by play. Like, wait, do, why is Dorian setting the screen and Powell <laughs> is on the floor? Oh, oh, okay, all right, there it is. Uh, that was like really nice. And I think credit to to Finney Smith, uh, an underrated aspect of his game is that he is a really good screener, especially for a forward. Um, yeah, so it's he, a lot of guys he, just don't know how to do it, and right. he's he's very good at it. And you could tell it's one of those things where like you know Dorian had to earn his way into this league uh, by hook or crook. Like he kind of had to, you know, it was obviously not uh, being an undrafted free agent. It's not a guarantee. So, you know, when you're in that position, sometimes those guys learn, you know, the little things that they work extra hard on or they make sure that they have that so that coaches don't have any excuses to not put them on the floor. Yep. Um, I think this is pretty interesting. Dorian as a role man in the pick and roll, He's done it only 27 possessions, so only about 5.8% of his total possessions on the season. Uh, but he scores 1.26 points per possession uh, as a role man wow. in pick and roll. 68% effective field goal percentage. Uh, a lot of that is boosted by threes because he'll set up, he'll, he kind of pick and pops. He doesn't really pick and roll. Uh, but 79.7 percentile in the league. Dorian That's crazy. As a role man, yeah. And you don't do that by you know, slip in a bunch of screen, like he sets hard screens. He gets, you know, he forced that switch on that play, which kind of jumbled, you know, made, I think the dribble handoff with Powell and Brunson uh, even more effective. And, and so credit to him for, for being able to do that. 
and, and helped steal the game. Uh, that was that was really cool. Well, we somehow also haven't mentioned. I mean, we we mentioned a couple of his plays, but Dwight Powell was probably this this might be his most statistically contributing game of the year. He had twelve points, ten boards, and five assists. Um, yeah, five assists. And, one steal, one block. I mean, it's, it's, and this was him coming off the bench, whereas he had been a starter the past few games. And it just, you know, a lot of guys in the NBA, there's some chatter after the last Mavs win where you could tell Josh Richardson was not particularly pleased being asked about the lineup change. But there are guys, so, so many guys let that sort of stuff get to them, like where they are in the pecking order. And Dwight Powell just doesn't care. He just wants to, to win. And as evidenced by the fact that he's ground through probably the most devastating injury that a guy can have at the NBA level um, that you can return from and his, his, you know, weathered a lot of grief from us. Cause I mean, he was unplayable earlier this year. He just yeah, was, he was. Yeah, he was. you know, the, we the Mavericks PR team would probably yell at us for saying that, but like he was, and that he's continued to just grind with no practice time. Just he's rehab. He's probably doing rehab on his own, putting in work, and continues to show up and like have the an attitude like he does, where he's just a worker. And then you know, just to be so versatile off uh, and, and be able to play starter, bench, whatever, is just it's cool. The Mavs, uh, the Mavs need guys like that, and it's it's nice. It, it's it's something. The one thing I this is something that just I looked it up during the game because um, Trey Burke missed another two or three layups today. And prior to this game, since April 1st, he was four of 13 in the restricted area. And something about that just makes me laugh because he's not like he's a score. He's not this bad at layups. And it's like, man, either we're expecting like, like it's kind of like with Hardaway's rough patch of games. Like we're either going to get a hilarious regression game from Burke or he's just going to get sent to the Carlisle phantom zone. Cause I cannot believe that Carlisle tried the, the Burke Brunson minutes again. It's... Yeah, that yeah, that was pretty crazy. Uh, it's weird how Brunson or Burke uh, has felt more useful as a defender in the last like. Two yes, weeks. he was so, very. He's been very gnarly on that end. That's a good point. Like even his, you know, his size sometimes doesn't allow him to make defensive plays, even when he's in the right position. But he's feisty. Like he scraps. He he gets he gets into the muck of it. And even if that doesn't necessarily result in a positive play, that's just. That's nice to see. Well, I let's like go that. back to like our preseason talk where we're so excited about the Mavs having wing optionality with like Richardson yeah. Green yeah. Uh, and and Dorian and they're, oh they're going to be able to play athletically and cause some chaos and then they just didn't do that because they play so conservatively. But Burke was in, I think, with some of the Green minutes and was just kind of getting to face guard whoever he was doing because he had faith that whoever was behind him would, you know, kind of cover up the, the, the mistakes. And, and that sort of stuff is like, it's, it's really like good defense is so um, what's the word I'm looking for. There's just a lot of momentum involved in defense. And you know, like, I, I watched the, I'm watching the Lakers game play right now. And like when the Lakers were swarming on the Mavs earlier uh, in, in the first half of like one of the games, they were just it just each possession it felt like they were building upon things and frustrating Luca and that can happen when a team actually like gets things going and it's hard to do in offensive era but I just like I, I'm glad he brought up the Burke defense thing because I, I was thinking about it as it happened and then he you know then I just remember was thinking about the layups but you know yeah. this was uh this overall was was just kind of you know the kind of win that I think we you know if this were like a middle of the season win we would talk for like ten minutes and get away. But it was so close to the end of the regular season. It was nice. It's good stuff. 
Yeah. Uh, hold on. I want to look up a stat here about Powell because I'm looking at his game log and he has not missed a lot of shots. Oh, well, I mean, April Powell. Last... April, Dwight, April and May <laughs> One, Dwight Powell. Two, three, is a real four, thing. five, six, seven, eight, nine. Okay. Sorry. I'm doing math live. That's okay. Uh, last 10 games. Let's see. He last 10 games, Powell is shooting 37 of 47 from the floor. That's 78.7%. He is shooting 34 of 41 from the restricted area. That's 82.9%. Um, so he's he's doing his job. That's that's what he's put on this earth to do is to make buckets around the rim and be a screener. Uh, I think what's most impressive is man, his last three games are kind of outrageous. He had he had a block tonight. He had two blocks against the Heat. Um, he had he's got eight assists over his last two games. Twenty rebounds over his last two games. Uh, Twenty seven over his last three. Uh, he's he's playing pretty well. I don't know. You know when playoff basketball rolls around. You know it's it's hard to tell because it's so weird right now because this is the time of the season where a lot of teams are like worn out and they're mm-hmm. just trying to get. They're either trying to get to the playoffs or they're trying to get to the draft lottery without a lot of collateral damage. And with the play-in stuff, it's like, no, no, you can't do that. Uh, so these teams are still trying to play about as hard as they can, but you can tell there are just stretches where teams are just kind of worn out from the schedule. So I'm just curious, uh, because usually we try to take these types of games with, with a grain of salt when they're at this point of the season, because you just don't know what's real when teams have ulterior motives uh, instead of winning or losing basketball games. But now that they're, you know, almost every game matters, no matter who they're playing, because uh, there's just not a lot of tanking right now because of the play-in, you know, maybe there is something more to look into these games. But either way, I mean, even if Powell doesn't have this kind of, you know, stretch in the playoffs or if he can't carry it over like it's almost like a who cares sort of thing because i mean they just needed someone to step up uh and give them some minutes in the front court uh to help them close this thing out especially with uh no kp for i don't know how much longer it's going to be but it's already been too much yep well i think we've kind of covered it because we're going to be back yeah. tomorrow night the mavs play the Cavs in the first of a back-to-back well i guess first in a two-game series because they play yeah. on friday and sunday so. Put your money on the Cavs. This Mavs season continues the way it's been going. Wouldn't that be something? Gosh. All right. Well, um, so for anybody listening, uh, right after the game, I'm hosting a midday locker room uh, at right in smack in the middle of lunchtime if anybody wants to join. Uh, otherwise, you'll hear from uh, Josh and I tomorrow night. So this has been Kirk and Josh with Mavs Moneyball After Dark. Thanks for hanging out. Hello, friends. Kirk Henderson coming to you on Locker Room after uh, some quick stop starts. Uh, I don't know what was happening with Locker Room, but, uh, you know, much like the Dallas Mavericks against the Brooklyn Nets, I muddled through, and here we are. Uh, But we're going to have some fun as we talk about this game for a little bit. Um, I've already got a number of speaker requests, and so, you know, if we're at this point in the game, everybody knows what's happened. I'm really delighted that they won. Let's power through um, as many folks as we can, and then maybe, just maybe, I might get to go to bed before midnight. So coming up first, Matt Phillips. Matt, how you doing, buddy? I am excited that we somehow won that game despite not exactly playing well. Yep, feels good. Just uh, I did not enjoy watching that game. Uh, you could tell from my Twitter feed. Um, lots of rage, but uh, then they won. It was weird. I don't has anyone sent out a rescue boat for Jason? 
because the island that he lives on has exploded. Uh, yeah, Kyrie Irving just completely sank it. It's a, uh, you know, I don't know, Kyrie, it's like, it's what that was one of those like magnificent Kyrie performances that, that is why he's such a fan favorite. I mean, God, just a maestro with the ball. Um, and then he only had one turnover. Uh, but it was, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. Like Richardson is, is just not, you know, not having it. Um, the first quarter streak is alive, which is just baffling. So thank goodness. Yeah. Um, I'm going to try to be relatively quick today. Um, Jason, respectfully, I disagree. He was that bad. He was absolutely he was terrible. Very bad, Jason, um, this will not be as obvious because he didn't just get, so many wide open dunks. This was a great Dwight Powell game. I was extremely hard on him early, but I think he had 12, 10, and 5 on 4 of 4 shooting with no turnovers, which was, I mean, he was really big tonight. Um, I It's extremely frustrating that Jason Richardson was, Jason, that Josh Richardson was terrible for the whole first half and kept getting to play. And he was Josh okay was, in the first quarter. He was active. He was active. Yeah. Yeah, well, my point is that Josh Green didn't play until there were, like, three or four minutes left in the first half and then made a mistake on a switch and immediately got pulled 18 seconds in, into his playing time. That That's real rough for a rookie. I know – but after that, I thought he did a good job. I was glad to see the Roddy B, the Roddy B alley-oop playback. Um, I just – I really – I thought he played with energy. He did a he good did. job defensively. That first possession of the of the fourth quarter before uh, before Joe Harris toasted Richardson, he played incredibly good defense on some guy I've never heard of. But um, just in general, I thought he played well. And this is one of the few games where I've seen Luca kind of relinquish the controls towards the end because I, I, this is one of the few times I think he's realized he's having a bad game because he did not play well. And I'm super high on Luca. Like I I. I think he deserves to have a bad game every now and then, but this is one of the few games that I've seen him be up for where he did not play well. Well, it was interesting. So in the recap, which Xavier wrote, can't see if Xavier's in the room yet. He wrote something at the end about how uh, Luca didn't really, or KP didn't really bother Luca. I would kind of disagree with that assertion. I still think length is one thing that he just has yet to figure out on attacking, at least when he's, like, looking for his shot. It tends to, to frustrate him. But when he pulled back and just started dishing dimes, that was pretty – like, that just – I love it when he's operating as a passer um, and then when dudes are firing away because it was, it, was, it was just fun. Yeah, I thought he definitely um, – I thought KD's length absolutely bothered him a ton. That's why he made one – or actually, I think two – Just two, two yeah. Both in the, which were both in the fourth. Um, and that's pretty much all I've got is just those. Um, sure. I'll try to let all the other people speak, but that, and please go read the thing I wrote, uh, and thank you for posting it on the first page. Of course, buddy. Yeah, thanks for writing it. All right, uh, coming up next, we will bring up Christian. Christian, what's going on? Hey, Kirk, can you hear me? I can. You sound good. Okay. Um. So, yeah, I thought it was a really – I was really excited to see Josh Green kind of pick up where he left off. Um, You know, not anything just, you know, earth shattering, but I think, you know, some good plays getting to the rim and actually looked good. And I think one of my favorite plays was when he jumped out of bounds and threw it off of, I think Joe Harris's leg to save that possession. Um, You know, that was exciting to see, but, 
you know, Josh Richardson, I'll definitely give him what what he did. He had a solid first quarter, didn't look too bad. But, I mean, then it's almost like if he starts off even semi-well, he starts trying to do too much immediately thereafter with his, you know, just go inside kind of this semi-post up to a falling, you know, almost like hook shot and – it's it's just frustrating, and I'm hoping that we're able to figure out some kind of rotation, whether it be uh, almost like a Courtney Lee start for JJ Redick, or you know when the guy, especially when Maxi and KP are healthy, something. Oh yeah, Maxi Cleva. Forgot about him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been a couple just... of games. Yeah, and I I think you know at the end of the day, I'm just excited, you know. Like, just being honest, we swept the Nets the first oh, wow. time. That, yeah, they, they only had, I believe, Harden the first time. But they had two of their guys uh, this time in a game that was important to them coming off this losing streak. And, you know, for Luca to have the second half he did, I'm just really proud of the fight the guys showed. Um, and I think this is something to be excited for and hopefully – you know, dear God, please let's uh, go into Cleveland or the Cleveland game and, you know, not not get too ahead of ourselves. Please, please, please. You know, the, the Josh Green play I really liked was when he opted to trap, I don't know which player it was, in the corner and came up with the steal. And that's the sort of freelance stuff that the scheme, I think, like, doesn't allow for. Uh but he did it anyways and it was the right play and then they pushed and then they did something interesting the Mavericks are just so reactive to what what happened like what the defense or what the offense is doing to them on defense they're not near proactive enough and it just drives me nuts and I he he changed the energy again it was good I was really pleased to see it well thanks as always for coming up Christian yeah of course I appreciate you bringing me up and again let's how do we have a hundred people in here? Man, you guys like these games. All right, coming up next, we have Mavs Draft, Draft as hey. which all of you should follow on Twitter. How you doing, buddy? Hey, really appreciate it. I'll make this quick because uh, I got to run. But um, something I've noticed over the last few weeks is uh, that I looked into is Dwight Powell's when he gets two offensive rebounds. The Mavs are now fourteen and four, mm. um, and obviously at five assists tonight. Really weird that he was the second leading assist man, but. Just curious what you think of uh, of him going forward and if that stat actually means anything. I, I like it. I think I think we've talked about this on Twitter where I know the big picture stats say offensive rebounding isn't worth it, but this Mavs team just sometimes doesn't have any energy, and I really like it when they have juice. And some both Powell and KP they get some extra some extra from offensive rebounding. I, I I like it. I, I wish the Mavs would attack the offensive gra- glass a little bit more because they suck in transition anyways, so we might as well try to get some more points. Um, I, I will also say that, the you know, Josh Bowe did this in our podcast. I want to say that, like, Dwight Powell is shooting something like 80% in the, in, like, in the restricted area the last several games. Like, he's just been out of his mind. And it's just so funny that it coincides with April, you know, just – Granted, it's because he's coming back from injury. It doesn't have to do with the last several, you know, the previous uh, Dwight Powell Aprils where he was good because the Mavericks sucked and he was just playing more minutes. But I like it all the same. Well, Richard, you got anything else for us before you get on out of here? No, that was it. That that uh, that answers that. Really appreciate it. 
Sure thing, buddy. All right, coming up next, Jordan. Jordan, how you doing? I'm doing absolutely fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So what do we got? What do we got to see? Okay, so I'm really just here to say that Dorian Finney-Smith is basically Kyle Korver who plays defense. Ooh, spicy. Now, like, now Kyle Korver, like, like sharpshooter Kyle Korver. There's not another Kyle. But look at him now. Like it's it's almost like you, we expect him to make every oh, that's shot. A good now. point. I do feel pretty good about his shots these days. Uh, and he's shooting a different variety. It's not just like stationary catch and shoot shots anymore. He's starting to shoot him off the move. It's been really impressive, is, and is I'm Dor- super is, happy. Is Dorian the the two K player whose like shooting stat goes up and up and up because you just keep make like. You do the thing where you make his his statistics go up by by the result of just like kind of willing it into existence. I he's really been playing out of his mind for months. I like it. It's it's great, and uh, that's really all I had to say about this game was that Dorian was fantastic. I mean, this was the worst Luca game or worst second quarter or second half for him in like forever. Yeah. Um, and so uh, Dorian is probably the biggest reason we won this game uh, between yep, yep. him actually defending. Uh, KD and him just really being incredible at shooting now. So I'm that's all I had to say. With it. Oh yeah, of course. Thanks for coming up. All right. Uh, and then before I forget it, I just like, we have to acknowledge the weirdness of Luka Doncic taking a photo with uh, George W. Bush and then the Maz Twitter account posting it as W. Like Luka Doncic was born in 1999. He does like, <laughs> there's just a lot of weirdness happening with this. Um, no commentary on like why he was there or anything because I know that that social media tends to go up about those sorts of things, but it was just such a weird, weird thing. And like Charles Barkley asking him if he's like, did you get up playing in front of George Bush? Like, no, of course not. He doesn't care. Like, come on, what are we doing? Anyways, made me laugh. Uh, Jason, are you coming up here to defend uh, your real estate holdings on <laughs> Josh Richardson Island? Oh my goodness. Okay, I'll. I'll... Whatever. I'll, 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 I'm not going to talk about Jairus today. I'm not going to talk about him. But he did have three steals. That first quarter was pretty decent. But I'll move on to the guy that I have two points here. One is that Dwight Powell is really, really good in these games so far. And I don't know what's going to happen with the center rotation when Kenny P comes back. But I do feel like maybe Willie just drops out or maybe have one stint. And Dwight and KP are the main center rotation. That's what I put my odds on. But my second point is that these Jalen Brunson trade break lineups just do not work. They're kind of horrific. I don't understand them at all. Like Jalen is at least a good player. I don't even know if Trey's good. How many? I, 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 I keep Trey looking at Trey and being like, he had one good game against Houston in the in the bubble, and like that's it. And it's like, oh god. So, does anybody know how many layups Trey Burke missed tonight? I counted two, but it could have been three. He didn't make a shot tonight. So no, he, he didn't make a shot, but I mean, like, layups. Because I, I, I have somewhere I'm going with this, because I looked it up during the game. Prior to this game, since April 1st, he's 4 of 13 in the restricted area. And so if he missed, like, three more, be 4 of 17, which just oh, makes gosh. me laugh. Because it's like, this dude was so money in the bubble, and just I, he just doesn't seem to be able to hit a shot. I feel like he missed 10 layups in that Golden State game somehow. I know, mm-hmm. oh, oh, he, he was 0 for 10 at one point in the Golden State game. <laughs> And then finished two of 13. I remember this very clearly because I was oh, recapping the game. I love it. Okay, I'll get out of here. But no, Jerry Tyler, stay strong. We're going to do this. It's going to turn around in the playoffs. Appreciate it. 
All right, coming up next, we have a special guest, uh, uh, Tim Cato of The Athletic. And, boy, did you choose a profile photo for yourself, Tim. What? Hey, can you hear me? This is my first time doing yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, you're in here. Appreciate you. How you. Nice. Okay, I'm walking home from the arena. So I did – or I tried to do my first one earlier, my first locker room ever earlier. Uh, your own Weitzman invited me on, and then he Very couldn't nice. make me a speaker. So now I'm a speaker on a – what are we calling this? Mass Moneyball After Dark? Yeah, well, it's when I call it group therapy because we're all like half of us are whiny and upset and don't have anybody to talk to, but they won, so it, it doesn't necessarily apply when they win. But whiny people want to talk to you? I know. Man. Well, we hey, could you imagine? I mean, look, look, man, we have 111 people in this room right now, and we are commiserable. <laughs> nice. Well, I don't really have a question. I'm just bored and walking home, but I'm well, uh, I'm. In-game observations, then, from Man on the Ground, Tim Cato. Man, man, man on the Ground, Tim Cato, that, that's what they call me, um, famously. Uh, let's see. It was weird that Dirk and George Bush were there. Yeah, uh, I was. There's, there's something else. I, I, I was struck by the way Luca was talking to the, the refs, which I thought was just really funny. I don't know how much. Uh, some of it was, like, me just directly looking to the court, and some of it was what they threw up on the, on the Jumbotron. So I don't know how much the TVs were picking up, but it really did look like, you know, like he's still in the rest of the year every single time out. Um, but it, it had, had, I tweeted about this, but it had a weird vibe of like a kid who is in his first job interview and doesn't quite know how to act professionally, but he's doing his, his damn best. And he's like, yeah. all right, I, I know, I know I need to be, you know, uh, you know, just kind of, kind of more like a stand up behavior or whatever you want to call it. You know, and so so he's like putting his shoulder on their their arms, and it's it's like he's teaching like a high school class or something. Uh, it was just a very funny vibe. It's like his reaction wasn't like, "All right, maybe I complain too much, and I'll just back off a little bit." No, no, no. He had the he had the reaction of just like, "All right, what if what if what if I just like speak their language?" Yes. Um, so it just it just felt like a very Luca way to kind of react to, you know, the fact that he one more well, tech gets him suspended for a game, but you know what it is. The TV broadcast showed this, like, two-minute conversation between Kevin Durant and Ed Malloy about, like, how yeah. he's trying to guard Luka that was legitimately right. interesting. It was, it was like, like Malloy trying to say, like, look, once he has you on, 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 on his hip, you're cooked. <laughs> like, it was, it was just really funny. It was, but in, then, the, then the announce crew was comparing that to how Luka, like, tries to talk to him, and they just don't want to hear from Luka. The rest don't. It was, it was pretty funny. Right. I now want I, I want to interview a ref about like how they should be guarding star players. I've never even considered that referees like really have a great idea how to do it, or they they know they know how you can't do it, and they know right. how you know which which angles and in which situations you get in against certain star players, where you know you're gonna have to you know you're gonna make contact, you know the the referees are gonna view that in a specific way, even even if you know like there are certain actions and activities that certain star players do. Um, that 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 they make it look like fouls, and the referees mm. absolutely know that, and they're like, "All right, this looks like enough for a foul, or the type yeah. of way that this person created contact, but did it look like they were creating contact? I gotta call it. Sorry." So that's you should do that. Thing. Well, before I punch <laughs> you off stage, do you have anything you want to pub? <laughs> uh, not really. Not really. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna write I'm gonna write for tomorrow. So athletic well, subscription, we y'all. Be look- I'm sure so they should- know. We should look for Tim's article tomorrow, and for those of you who haven't ponied up the, like, $4 a month or whatever it is for The Athletic, I, I got to recommend it. 
Um, it's good. Like the the app is cool. The variety of coverage for all sorts of sports is really good. It's just it's worth the money. It is. It's just worth it. Well, thanks for hanging out, Tim. Yeah, this was fun. You saved me like ten minutes of boredom on my on my walk home. My, That's what uh, I'm my here for. Apartment. Man, the, I'm just cracking. I'm cracking up at your profile choice. You just like you look like you're in a band. It's amazing. Well, All also right. I, I was creating. I was creating it, and I was like, okay, I'm not gonna go find my professional headshot because I was <laughs> I was supposed to be on. I was supposed to be on a locker room like right then. So I was mm. like, all right, where's the last like semi-respectable selfie that I just have in my library? But yes, you're not best. wrong. All right, I will. I will let Mavstock continue now. Uh, no, you're the best, thanks, everyone. Thanks for joining, buddy. Yeah, right, see y'all. Okay. Anthony, how are you doing? Thanks for joining us. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, I can. All right, so I find it amazing how Tim Hardaway Jr. can just go on a stretch of games where he's shooting like 20% from three, and then he just has this other stretch when he's on fire all night. Mm. I mean, and after like breaking his ankle, too, at one point so in the game. I when that I mean, happens. He's just, he's, Oh my God! Just some dudes have rubber ankles. I'm one of them. I I must have rolled my ankles, you know, two hundred times in my life. Never had any ability to like. Never had to, you know, stop playing. Some and then you get Dirk for the early part of his career, and then KP, where it's just like you do a mild roll and you're out for a while. Like it's 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 weird the way ankles work. Yeah, and another thing I want to say, I didn't see JJ Redick on the injury report yet. I saw he got did not play today. Mm-hmm. That, that was strange to me. It was odd, and it makes me think that Rick was kind of gambling in the sense of if they needed him, I wonder if they really would have put him in. Uh, but, you know, Rick is always kind of coy with the injury report, and even if a guy's not injured, sometimes he will do things like this just to kind of give them extended breaks. I mean, Reddick's 36 years old. If his heel is hurting him, and if they're kind of content with their general spot, and are kind of hoping to make something happen, then it makes sense if they would rest him because, I mean, I thought they could have used him at points tonight, and then they just kind of slogged. Yeah, um, that was everything I had. All right. Thanks for having sure. me. Thanks, buddy. All right, coming up next, we have oh Patrick. Patrick, you're back. Like you kept the icon. You kept the Mavrello thing. Why? That's Why it. Three and one. Me? Three, three and one. Since I had this icon now. <laughs> That's it. I can't change now. Fair enough. Well, here we are. Good good game again. All we need is a King's loss, and then we go rip off three-game winning streaks. So, so. Did, no, did, did you know that they'd be on, like, an 11-game winning streak right now <laughs> if they hadn't lost to the Kings? Like, <laughs> they lost the Kings three times. Yeah, not good. Um, I don't have much. I was reading a tweet, actually, about the Mavericks where they've won their series season series against the Clippers, Lakers, Nuggets, Nets, Heat, Celtics, Hawks, Grizzlies, and Warriors. Okay. I, I, I like it. Those are all good teams. Most of those are yeah, good teams. Tied against the Knicks and Bucks. And then we lost 0-3 to the Kings, 0-2 to the Bulls, 0-2 to the Hornets, and then 1-2 and to Houston. Yeah, of course. Of course we did. <laughs> I mean, that's got to be good news for the playoffs, right? I mean, all those teams are... You know, well, know. It, it goes to what somebody comes in here and talks about this. It might have been Christian fairly frequently about just the level of, of how they play up and down to teams. And and I, I always figured that the Brooklyn game was going to be close, but I certainly didn't think they'd win. But it's it's good. It's delightful. It, it, it gives me the team is playing with an odd amount of confidence 
and they're playing so well that when Porzingis comes back, I can't help but think that that uh, I'm thinking of that terrible LeBron James tweet about Kevin Love like years ago, where he's like, "It's important that you fit in and not fit out," you know, whatever that stupid thing was. And hopefully, KP will kind of come back in, slide into his role because he's very good in the role that they have for him. So it's, it's the, we should be feeling pretty good right now, despite things being a little, you know, moment to moment wonky. Yep, the vibes are immaculate. Mm. Can't wait for our back to back losses to the Cavs coming up, so I can come be angry. I bet. Uh, okay, I have a take on this. I think the Cleveland game in Cleveland, Luca plays out because there is a pretty big uh, <laughs> Slovenian population in Cleveland. Like they always, like they they've had huge sections of fans whenever he's he's played up there uh so i i, I bet it, i bet we at least split i'll tell you that much yeah hey i'm i'm with it five seed see what happens i mean hopefully we can get matched up i don't i don't really know as long as we avoid the play-in and just see what happens oh, yeah. well and the, the lakers are getting their asses beat by the clippers so the five seed is is going to be officially the mavericks for at least a day so that's nice Yep, the Lakers, that stretch is brutal. Portland's stretch is brutal. So, you know, and we'll just see what happens. Maybe we'll get a quick busy match or Denver or who knows. But I appreciate it. I'll let some other people get on here. And now I got to keep Matt Brellos because, I mean, no reason. Until we lose, I think that's fair. I think it's fair. You're right. Every day you you accept it, you get to see his smiling gold tooth. So That's a good point. (laughs) <laughs> That's a good point. All right, you have yes, a good sir. one, buddy. All right, uh, Ike, what's up, my man? Boom, what's up, Kirk? Having a good evening here. Yeah, was, uh, I actually predicted uh, the Mavs to win. I just, it was just funny because I expected uh, KD to go for 40, and then Kyrie was like, hold my beer while I almost mm. get 50. So, um, yeah, um, just a couple of things. Um, you know, I, I have to. I have to give a shout out to Dorian Finney-Smith. He's been a lightning rod of my criticism and outside of the, the stinker against the Kings, you know, he's, he's been playing well, 17, eight and three and, you know, plus 23 overall, as far as the game, he's definitely making me eat crow, which, you know, I don't mind because it's to the benefit of the team. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. So uh, I'm good with that. Um, And then Tim Hardaway with another good game. And I guess that leads me to my, my first, I guess, question is, is it your preference that Hardaway is a starter or come off the bench? I, I still prefer him coming off the bench, even though he's been great as a starter. Um, and it's mostly due to, you know, his, uh, how do we say defensive inefficiencies or rises, but he has a, a couple of great defensive possessions against Durant that just shocked me, had my jaw on the floor actually. So, but just wanted to hear your take as far as your preference as a starter or maybe off the bench. I, you know, I, I kind of wish it was more matchup dependent like Carlisle did last year. Um, I I suspect it'll end up being, you know, the sort of thing where he actually does come off the bench just because I don't, I don't see Cape, I don't see, uh, uh, Maxi coming off the bench, for example. I I think they Mm -hmm. slide, uh, Dorian over to three and then they have Richardson at two, even though we don't love it. I, I just sort of what I, I think they do because that KP, Dorian, uh, lineup. Um, uh, the the we're just the lineup of the guys that have played the most is actually like pretty outstanding on offense. Um, yeah. so I just don't see 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 the coach breaking that up once they go to the playoffs. And that that's 
could be wrong about it, but wh- wherever way they go, I, I talked about this in, in Josh Bonai's postgame pod. Uh, Dwight Powell has been really flexible this way. And then you're right about Tim Hardaway of like dudes that are just kind of willing to do what is, what is asked of them. Um, yeah. We all kind of made us think of the way Josh uh, Richardson kind of didn't seem to like being asked about the lineup last game. Uh, yeah. And, you know, dudes that are just willing to do it for the team, just it, that that's, that has kind of a, it has the effect of, um, it's just, it's very positive on the team whenever dudes are willing to do what's best for everyone. And, and mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm going to be curious to see what Rick does. I bet it really is matchup dependent. Like if they're playing, um, if they're playing the Nuggets, I wouldn't be surprised if he starts, but that's yeah. just, you know, there's a lot of different options that could go on. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I guess outside, oh, I'll give shout out to to Dwight Powell. I mean, but I want to be a Debbie Downer for a minute for those sure. <laughs> for those that have been, you know, giving him his flowers, which he deserves. I mean, he had 12, 10 and five assists. I think he was like a plus six, but uh, he still sucks defensively. So I just want to <laughs> keep that in the air. So people don't forget. <laughs> no, no, nobody's going to forget. But it's like okay. the try-hard aspect of his game is making up for a lot that that wasn't working in early parts of this year season. So I'm glad. Yeah, super um, efficient in the paint. Um but I guess the the last point I want to make and I try to avoid I guess offense I mean off-season theme type topics, but sure. I guess I'm going to kind of reference the Latvian ele- elephant in the room. Sure. And I guess with me I've I've had I know a lot of people are kind of done with KP and I do understand the argument and I've, I guess, practiced a little more patience because, you know, the, the last two off seasons, I mean, he's been rehabbing. He's never really had an off season where he can just work on his game. Uh, so I, I've always kind of been curious as to if he would actually have an off season just to work on his game, what type of KP will we get? But I guess my concern is I don't notice a difference when he's out of the lineup. And for him to be our quote unquote second best player, that I guess that's concerning for me because obviously with Luca being our best player, you know when he's out of the lineup when you know there's an obviously an, an obvious drop in offensive production and what have you. But with KP and I haven't looked into like the, the stats. I, I I'm just going off the the eye test. I I just I don't see it. And I, I'm maybe you see something I don't see, but I don't see us like really missing him when he's out of the lineup. And that's kind of concerning for him to be your our quote unquote second best player. So I got. Uh, it's funny you bring this up. I got uh, uh, Lord of the the Dallas Mavs uh, column Tim Kalishaw to respond to me today. Oh, he's boy. never responded to me in ten years. Where I went back and found that horrible column that he wrote about how like KP was shooting forty like fifty forty ninety. That's something Luca couldn't do, and we just kind of <laughs> have to get used to him not playing many games. And since then, you know, like KP just hasn't played many games. And also his statistics weren't as good as Luca's because he's not as good as Luca. And so, you know, if he comes back and has a nice playoff run, I'm going to be very surprised if they move him. But I just, it's not this guy's fault that he can't stay healthy. It's his body. And at a certain point, the Mavericks have to ask themselves, is it worth hedging their bet on KP? Even if that means taking a little bit of a loss, because you know, Luca is a team guy, yeah. but he cannot be happy. Uh, you know, big picture, he can't be happy having to grind himself to a nub, 
you know, while the, you know, the, the other star isn't able to perform and they're, they're yeah. just going to have to figure something out because if that's how KP is going to be and KP is going to be on the team, then they have to build a team that accepts that. And that is right. not what this Mavericks roster has been. They've survived largely on account of the fact that this is a challenging year and Luke is very good. So absolutely. Yeah. That's all I have, man. A good win. And uh, thanks for having me again, as always. Of course. All right, coming up next, we're going to fly through the last few people, so uh, I want to go to sleep. Sam, what's up? What's up, Kirk? Hey, you have a fat Luca Instead photo. Instead of Jay Ritz Island? I should ban you for this fat Luca photo. I'm, I'm sorry, man. I, I, I just, I had to, I had to switch it. It's, <laughs> it's just hilarious. Wait, oh, all right, but um, one thing I got to say is that Jay Ritz Island does not does not exist. What exists now is Josh Green Island. Get rid of this. Josh Green needs to be taking his minutes, and so does JJ Redick. I, I think, think that- if we put him on the, we need to put him on the bench with um Brunson because I, I I don't like how they put Trey Burke and Jalen Brunson at the same time. I think Christian pointed that out. That lineup is not that. It's horrible, but. Guys, we should be happy, you know. Like we're the fifth seed, and this this season has been horrible, man. Like the whole year, we had to deal with COVID, and then KP got, missed basically half the year. And look at us; we're still the fifth seed. Like we got to be proud of that. We get we got to finish strong, man. Oh yeah, feeling good, feeling good about this this year overall. Um, game to game, it can be pretty frustrating, like when you lose to the Kings. But this is this is a pretty solid outcome so far. And I, you know, I felt a little bit of um, that Luca was lying. You know, he said, "Yeah, I'm gonna try not to get technical." I mean, you're, you're gonna have to get technical before the playoffs because if you don't, that's gonna be a problem. Because I know for sure in the playoffs he's gonna be chirping all day. He will, he will be talking all day. Well, I mean, that was what Tim Tim Cato said. He just watched Luca talk all night, and I suppose the intensity probably matters. Um, it was the, he, but he still showed up. Tried, you know, there's one where he got knocked to the ground, and I don't know if he flopped. I couldn't really tell where he got pissy with that, but it's, I don't know if he can help himself. You know, we'll see. And Tim Hardaway, man, like this guy, he, he, like, listen, he's, he's short, and I've seen him in a lot of mismatches today. He is, a, he is so handsy. I always see, see his hands all the way up in the air and always contesting balls. And he, he was doing a good job on KD and Jeff Green and down low in the paint. I was kind of proud of that. You know, I was, which it's hard. So, does anybody remember the first Golden State game where the Mavericks got like walloped? Oh yeah, there was, that was horrible. There was one play where there were Mavs were running a zone, and there was this play where Cape or not KP, uh Tim Hardaway Jr. turns around three times, like just absolutely lost, like spinning like a little kid in in grade school. <laughs> it was. And I, I think of that whenever anyone tells me that Tim does good on defense because I think when Tim does good on defense, it's because of luck. <laughs> I mean, no, like you saw that you saw him get at least he puts effort, you know. Sure. Yeah, I, I see. Well, I, I, okay, I know Kyrie is amazing, but what 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 happened to Josh Richardson is you know you can't let him. I I just I never you know the thing is I remember the the this one Clippers game where I remember later earlier in this year. Where Josh Richardson was full court pressing the whole, like the most of the first half, the first quarter, and then now I'm gonna see. I, I see this guy not. He needs to use more energy. I, I don't. I don't see the energy like I used to see before. I think he's sure. trying to get a little bit less enthusiastic because of, you know, 
maybe well, they're the minutes. Well, they're playing a ton of games. They're playing, like, these guys, like, Luca just sometimes looks like an exhausted 20-year-old kid in college, you know. And so it's 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 so easy to kind of focus on little things. But, you know, if they can get through these next six games, which are in over nine game or nine days, like, we should just be thrilled if they're, if they're in the fifth or sixth seed. I'm going to be pretty pumped. Yeah. God bless. Please. Bless us. Yeah. But and well, but we can get Lucas some rest. But and I also got one more thing to say, man. All right, so I I know realistically we want to play the Nuggets in the playoffs, right? But imagine if Luca and the Clippers. I mean, Luca played the Clippers, and then we beat them. That would be the best. Like that would just be such a good feeling after what they did last year. Like I hated them, man. Like just watching that team pissed me off. It's I'll, a good I'll story. The Nuggets beat them too. It's a good I'll, story. I'll be amazing, man. Well, I'm going to be pleased with kind of whoever. I, I I was pretty grumpy about the Clippers earlier, but I'm I I I'll be happy for for whichever thing you know ends up happening. Well, thanks for hanging out, Sam. Man, I got no problem. But I'll change my profile pick for you next time, man. That's okay. I just like teasing you. You have a good night, man. You too. Okay, we're gonna move through quickly. Michael, how are you, Michael? You there? All right. Let me give you a second. You can try to come back up. Uh, all right. We're going to go to oops, press the wrong button. We're going to go to Henry. Henry, what's going on? Hey, Henry. Uh, oh, hey, Kirk. How's it going? <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Talk, talking myself in here. Um, yeah. So since the Mavs were nine and fourteen and fourteenth in the Western Conference, they are now twenty nine and fourteen since, which is wild, pretty insane. Wild. Um, <laughs> and I, I don't know. Imagine you being one tech away from a game suspension from a one game suspension just to shoot seventy two percent. At the free throw line. I don't I don't understand it. Like if you're gonna bitch and get text, at least hit your free throws. Like <laughs> it's it's gonna be something where he eventually just decides to do it, where that's the thing he does in the off season, where he gets in good shape and where he shoots free throws. That's gonna be his deal because I think we talked about this before, but he's shooting such an unbelievable percentage from mid range where it's very clear he just decided this last offseason he's going to figure out, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn how to shoot. So I, I have faith in the in the free throws, but it's a concentration and a a uh, win thing for me, I, I believe at least. And uh, lastly, real quick, um, Josh uh, Richardson is now only playing five minutes a game in the fourth quarter as opposed to around seven and a half, eight at the beginning of the year. So um, slowly drifting into the – Phantom zone in the fourth quarter for Josh Richardson. Which is which is for the best, I think, because his offense sucks. Agreed. Thanks, Kirk. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, remember, if any ladies want to talk, you guys get bumped to the front of the line because this is the Mavs Moneyball Sausage Fest most evenings. Um, if you, <laughs> you guys should be welcome to come up here and talk. Uh, I'm going to bring up Max next, though. Max, how are you? Hey, can you guys hear me? I can. You sound great. All right, perfect. At first, just super excited about the win tonight and had a couple things I wanted to just bring up. Uh, I know someone else mentioned it just a second ago, but another shout-out to Dwight Powell. I know uh, he does get a lot of flack for maybe the eye test saying he's not great on defense, but you mentioned the effort. 
and his efficiency in the paint has just been great. He's looking like last year with the with the bunnies. Yeah, he's looking really good. I mean, so like spectacular good, like positive trade value good, which feels like a crazy sentence compared to anything I said in the entire. Yeah, I mean, just with the expectation, I was actually really high on him before, even with the injury. And then to see how poorly he was playing, I felt really bad for him. And then just seeing that turnaround was great. Um, one other thing, though, uh, about it was I think that with the with Dorian Finney-Smith, he's been, I think, attacking the basket a lot better recently. I don't know if and, – and I don't know if that correlates to him shooting the three ball and maybe they're, like, closing out on him a little bit harder. But I've been noticing like that he's take. been really aggressive. The correlation for me has to be I'm not posting the Stanley gif of him doing dumb shit off the dribble. I'm, I, just, I really haven't done it very often lately, and I think there's something to that. Uh, he's, he's getting an extra step, and he's looking good, decisive. He hit one where I think it might have been Willie. It was somebody was, like, clearing out the lane for him, and it was kind of, like it was a layup, but he it was from outside. Like, he, he kind of had to jump far away and, like, kissed it off the glass. It was nice. Yeah, he's almost like the – the second attack guy like Jalen Brunson, I think is someone that really takes advantage of the spacing. And then he's kind of becoming that third guy along with Hardaway jr. Of course, but really impressed by it. And anyway, I know you're trying to get to sleep, so I won't take up too much of your time, but this is fun. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for hanging out. Mm -hmm. All right. Got a couple more folks, Brian, what's up? Kirk. What's going on, man? Hey, uh, another night. It is just another night, but a win. And then we have a, uh, hey, you've got two tip-offs in a row of like 6 uh, p.m. Central. That's pretty good, right? It's fantastic. Yeah. It's fantastic. You, dude, hey, you deserve it. Like after all these like freaking 12 o'clock starts, like Jesus Christ. Well, I mean, I, we hire all these college kids. Hire, it's a strong term. We bring <laughs> people on at Mavs Moneyball and like there's like four college kids and none of them want to do the late game. And I'm like, Why, I wasn't doing anything in college. I was a bum. Why don't you stay up late and cover the Mavs? Uh, they're too busy playing Fortnite. Come on, Kurt. Come on. That's oh, true. well, th- so this is, uh, I want to credit Patrick for this cause he teed me up on this. I know this is like 15 minutes late. So I have some uh, interesting sub 500 maps numbers for you, Kirk. So I went dark. I went through a dark rabbit hole this week. So dating back to O two and O three, I went back and looked up records for teams with, uh, Teams' records against sub-500 teams in the NBA from 02 to 03 to present day. So as of right now, the Mavs are 16 and 13 against sub-500 teams this year, correct? So they are at 55% total. From those years, how many teams won a playoff series at 55%? Let's say hypothetically the Mavs don't win any more games against these crappy teams all year. <laughs> to quote Luca, Lucas in the chat, he just says, this doesn't sound positive. So I don't know. Throw, throw it back at me. Okay, uh, big fat zero. So, so if the Mavs went out, which I'm I'm skeptical on. So let's say the Mavs win the remaining five games against the sub five hundred teams, they'd be at sixty one percent. So at sixty one percent, how many teams have actually won a playoff series at sixty one percent, dating back to o two and o three? These numbers, you're throwing numbers at me, and I'm. T- All right. So dating back to o two o three, only five teams have won a playoff series. Sure. Let's make it six. Yes. I, yeah, I mean, so in it, the last team to win a playoff series at, uh, at 61% was the 15-16 Hawks. By the way, Tim Hardaway was on that team, so maybe there's hope. 
maybe there was hope. But other than that, you have that weird year where it was the 2013-2014 uh, Nets where they had a 57 win percentage against sub-500 teams. But, I mean, man, it's like – a barren wasteland you'll get an, maybe an occasionally warriors or, or of course the warriors at 61 percent beat the mavs at 0607 when the mavs had a 97.62 percent uh win percentage against sub 500 teams but uh i say this to say that that might seem like a silly number but maybe there's something to that because if you're not handling your consistent business against these ding dong teams then you might get just shoved away in the first round <laughs> that's something that's that's a take i didn't know i needed uh, i you know i i appreciate you brian you got anything else before we bring on uh one last guest? no i just uh appreciate you pal and uh, keep up the good work oh yeah thanks for coming up all right last but not least writer of the Mavs moneyball recap this evening xavier what's happening my guy What's up, Kurt? I mean, I don't know how I'll follow up that electric performance by Brian here just <laughs> coming in and just depressing the hell out of everyone. I was in such a good mood. But I right, just had so a quick I question. That was my job to be the asshole. <laughs> but yeah. I just have one quick question before you go to bed. So the Mavs have a back-to-back next week with the Grizzlies Monday, Pelican Tuesday. Which game do you think Rick will sit the starters for? Please tell me it's not Memphis because I'll be there in person. I don't think it – that's a good – it might be Memphis because, like, those dudes just play so physical, and I, I just that, – that that's a tough one, though. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't stop – like, they can't really afford to lose, to be quite honest with you. I hope they don't play any of these gamesmanship things because, you know, if the Lakers lose tonight, then they're either a half game or one full game ahead of the Lakers – and Portland, you know, Portland's schedule looks terrible, but I think Portland's going to be playing against teams that are resting guys. So I just, I'm, I'm not really sure on that one. I, I, I hope it's neither because I, you know, we got to cover these games. I'd rather not watch, you know, Jalen Brunson just like drive in the lane. Yeah, so and we'll see. To keep up the the depressing stats, if Lucas sits against the Grizzlies, then it will make three out of four games that I attended in person in which Luca was benched for rest reasons. So hopefully that doesn't happen. But that's it, Kirk. Have a great night, man. Thanks for everything. You too. All right, guys. I'm going to close this one off. Um, for anybody that didn't know, I have a Friday show on here. I tried to get it scheduled on Locker Room, but I don't know if they got my email in time. It'll be at 12.30 Central Time. We'll go for about an hour. I want to talk about Western Conference playoffs. I want to talk about where we think Luke is going to end up uh, in terms of, of all NBA teams and kind of just all NBA teams in general. I want to hear any more follow-up thoughts about this game from you guys. We've been doing them. They're pretty interesting. Uh, we get about 50 or 60 people in there, which in the middle of a lunch day is, or middle of a Friday is pretty good. Um, but as always, this has been Kirk Henderson on Mass Moneyball Group Therapy. Hopefully locker room won't break on me, and we will see you guys tomorrow night.